Okay. We're back. We're back for another. And this is continuing on the last show that we did because when Heather and Chris were here yeah, talking was about weeks ago. death, death, and more death, we thought we'd bring more death to you. <laughs> but this has a different spin, I think, from well, yeah, what yeah. happened to Heather, and you'll find out. Yeah, you know, and it's it, – it, I didn't really plan this. It's just kind of how things have con- – just kind of, dare I say, how the stars have aligned. Uh, right. It, yeah. Right. Right. I mean, I mean, for me, exactly. for me, yeah, for me, it's just for, I mean, we, I just saw honestly how the, how Ray's here and, and Ray, welcome to the show. <laughs> Mr. You, Mr. Mr. Or, or as we called back in the day, Mr. Razor Ray, I don't even know if you go by that anymore. It's been, a, it's, you know what it's, it, it's, you know, it's, it, you know, it's a cool thing. Um, Razor Ray was actually a, 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 you know, a Ray Razor Ray, as you will. It was, um, it was a show uh, back in, in the 90s called Video Underground on public access in, yeah. in Lansing, East Lansing, in Detroit. And that's where I first started doing um, yeah. the whole Razor Ray thing. And yeah. it, funny enough, it was, uh, it was after an interview with Pantera. You know, I got an opportunity to interview him back. That was back a long then. time ago. Yeah. That was a long time ago. And it, was, um, and it was the release of their second album. Far beyond driven that was coming out that we were getting to hang out and we became really good friends oh, uh, cool. with those guys. Yeah, and uh, and so the next time around I'd seen them I was talking you know I'd seen them at a at a in store they were doing an autograph signing um, in Detroit in a music store and um, you know as soon as you know Dimebag see me he's like hey what's up Ray you know Harms you call me Harms Ray back yeah. then because that was that was you know, your old band. way yeah yeah so yep. So he's like, Harm's Ray. And I'm like, hey, dude. You know, he's like, he kind of, he put, you know, he's like, come have a seat next to me, man. He was like, I'm fucking signing autographs. I'm like, yeah, dude. He's like, I've been thinking about this. I was like, you know, the TV show Video Underground, we had you guys uh, on. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah. He's like, well, I was thinking about uh, a stage name, you know, for, for the stage and for, for the TV show. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, so, I was, so I was thinking Razor Ray or Ray Razor Reyes. And he was just like, kind of pulls on his pink beard and he's like, <laughs> Razor Ray. He's like, I like it, dude. I like that a lot. <laughs> I'm like, so Razor Ray, it became. That's and what's funny enough yeah. is that uh, somebody in Detroit has this. And if you do, please feel free to reach out. But, uh, you know, they were, there was somebody, a Pantera fan, getting an autograph. Yeah. And as soon as he just, just as soon as he named me Razor Ray, you know, he gets an autograph uh, seeker in front of him. And, then the autograph seeker puts the, you know, piece of paper in front, you know, for me to sign. I'm looking at him like I'm not in the band, you know, <laughs> and uh, you know, Dimebag just kind of he smiled. He knew what was going on. He yeah. was like, "Come on, spark it up, Razor Ray, hard up." <laughs> you know, so I put Razor Ray. Yeah. And dude, I'm not in Pantera, running underneath it. <laughs> That's what we've all known you by for all these years, you know, through Harms exactly. and all that stuff. So, I think the last so, time, yeah. We... So that yeah. Go ahead. That's where it came from. It's. From way back then, bro. And yeah, we go way back. Yeah, man. we I'm go back. About this. We go back a while. I think the last time we bumped into each other, though, it's been sporadic over the last few years. But I think, if I'm remembering correct here, the last time we did bump into each other was at the Universal Stomp reunion um, at the Token oh Lounge. Oh, my God, at the Token. That was a couple of years ago now. Jeez. Yeah. And that was a few years ago. Yeah. yeah that was a few God, years what ago. What a great show that was. And oh, that, my God. And that's when Ed broke his fucking leg. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. That was, yeah, that was the night. I was, I was thinking about that today, like when I, the last time I bumped into you. And that was the night. And there, you know, for the listening audience, uh, there's a fantastic band from our state, from, you know, the Detroit area or somewhere, somewhere close. 
and they were called yep. Universal Stomp. Um, one of my favorite bands from back in the day, growing up. Yep. Awesome um, hardcore Detroit band. Oh, they were they were pissed. They were so they, and they never let up. They were just so pissed off. Right. And uh, they had a reunion show a couple of years ago. That's where me and Ray saw each other uh, and talked for a few minutes, caught up. But yeah, the singer uh, Ed, who uh, you know is very active still, doing the Slam and Zeros. He's doing some. He's doing uh, another band called Stack Deck now. Actually, like hardcore stuff. It's like punk rock shit. He. Um, That's awesome. That he's the singer of that band. So for the listening audience, yeah, this was one of the crazy things I think I have seen um, at a live show in a very, very long time. And yeah, you remember as well as I do, Ray, there was, uh, yeah, that was the last song they were doing OEM, uh, which is like their, you know, that's their war call, only anyway myself. And um, yeah, Ray just, I remember watching that because we were kind of by the stage and that place was packed that night. It was nuts. Yes, it It was. was. a really good crowd. Uh, And I just remember Ray jumping up and like, then I just saw him disappear. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm like, what the hell happened? Yep, he's gone. Go ahead. Yeah, Ed jumped up and he disappeared. And next thing you know, he's on the ground. Yeah. And I was like, damn, that looked painful. It, it, you know, and I've had a, an experience like that happen. I, it wasn't a broken leg, but it was a torn ligament jumping up and down on stage and yeah. tearing it. And, and trying to tough guy it through. You know, you're, yeah. you're in a metal band. You're in a rap metal band. You you know, no, no, no room for the wussies. So honestly, <laughs> I was just like, oh, yeah. I got, I can't wait for this set to finish. But you know, three, yeah. four songs uh, afterwards, we were done, and you know, well, that cool. thing, that it's, thing it's was another, that another thing with accolade. that thing with Ed though is we he did say it because we saw him disappear, and mm-hmm. I'm like, what the hell? I'm like hitting my buddy, going, dude, what the hell happened? And I hear because he stopped singing for a second, and then we did hear. He, he said, "He said I broke my fucking leg," <laughs> and we're like, yep. "What?" Mm-hmm. And then his exactly. I forgot, I forgot his buddy's name. I know, I know the guy, but he ran out and grabbed the mic and helped him out and just started singing the song for him. And I think he actually got a hold of the mic and sang a couple little bits at the end because they were almost done. Right? Thank goodness. Yeah, he, I set. mean, he, you know what? At that point, he fucking tough guy. That shit. He he fucking did. A, oh, he was uh, tough. A Dave Grohl. There was a great he did a vi- Dave Grohl. Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> there was a great picture of him that night. I actually. Texted him that night, like on the Facebook thing, and I said, "Dude, are you all right?" He's like, "I'm in the hospital. I'm fine." <laughs> I'm like, "What the hell?" He, man, that was. I remember, you know, the funniest thing about that show is leaving there. It was nuts, man, because, you know, I hadn't been there at Token in a little, well, a couple of years. I know, actually, I've been there for a couple of shows, but been a little while before then. And I remember leaving that night, and literally, as I'm walking through the parking lot with my buddy, we were seeing two separate fights going on in the parking lot after the show. For what reason, I have no idea, and I'm not condoning that either, but there's two like separate like little circles going with people talking shit to each other, like throwing fists at each other and whatnot, and there's an ambulance out in front of the place, or on the side of the place, right? As I'm pulling away, I'm like, man, what the hell do these guys do to this place? Holy shit, dude, it's nuts here. But yeah, there's a picture of- It was of, chaos. It was chaos. There's a picture of Ed, though, that he put up the next morning. Literally, yeah, they were dumping like just pictures of ice on his broken leg on the stage mm-hmm. and it's that beautiful picture of him with like dump like ice like just a mountain of ice on his like no bags no towels nothing it's just raw ice being dumped it's on ice. this man's leg and him just throwing the horns up smiling at the camera i was like oh my god it's the greatest yep. picture i've seen in a while so that was awesome he but, universal stomped yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> literally <laughs> but yeah so that's where we bumped into oh. each other at um that, it, it's been a while. It's now, been brother. a while. It's been a while, and that's when you kind of gave me the high level of what happened to you. You know, and it, I mean, and we'll get into that here. Um, you kind of told me that night. You're like, I got a fucking steel plate in my head and shit. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and I tripped out yeah, on that. Yep. So basically, yep, you know, I got like, a, like go ahead. little 13 titanium rods in my in my 
skull. It's crazy. Oh my god, dude. Well, you know that's why that's why we're here tonight. Um, because yeah, I saw this video that you were talking about this thing. I'm like, man, I want to talk to Ray about this and have him come on here and chat. You know. So I guess you know not to be. I mean, I'm I'm the king of segways around here. So I mean, all I can say is like, I guess let's start from the beginning. I mean, whatever you're comfortable with, too, Ray. I mean, okay. you know, if there's no, parts you want, it's um, cool. You know what I mean? So I guess let's just start from the beginning and we'll just go through it and you know let's chat about well, it. You know. You know what? I, first of all, I got to tell you something. It, what's really interesting about this whole experience for me is just how um, interested I was in near-death experiences. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I would take my kids to the to the to the to the library to go do homework and you know and, and you know do stuff educational or like you guys work on your homework. I'm going to grab me a book. And I always gravitated towards those type of books. Okay. Like heaven is for real. You know, the story about the little boy who had died and went to heaven and then came back and mm-hmm. had all sorts of revelations. And, uh, there are a couple other books too, uh, about a surgeon who had a, uh, who was a neurosurgeon who had a near death experience, who was completely like an atheist. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that experience completely changed his life. And, 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 he now believes in, that there is a God, you know, mm-hmm. but, uh, for me, uh, my experience, you know, happened at night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was February, February 19, 2013. Mm-hmm. And, um, I was just about ready for bed. Actually, I was already in bed and, um, one moment I'm just, I'm, just completely relaxed and then the next thing you know i'm on the i'm on the floor and completely like waking up from something like i had no idea what happened and my you know my girl dana she was just like you know she was trying to wake me up and she was just like what did you take you just had a seizure did you do anything and i'm like no i'm I'm on nothing Mm -hmm. you know and she's like well the ambulance is on the way i'm like all right I'm thirsty. I'm hot. I never felt so, you know, just so thirsty and hot in my entire life. And just as I was getting ready to, to make my way out the room, paramedics show up, they're checking vitals. And at that moment there, while they're checking vitals, I I just have this massive pain in my head. It just felt like somebody came with a, with a knife or a a screwdriver and just jammed it into my head. Mm -hmm. It was that painful. And, um, so I'm going to try to, not get too long about this, but we had to go to three different hospitals that night. The first hospital didn't have the right equipment. Second hospital equipment failure. And then by the time I had to get to the third hospital, there was a huge delay because of lack of transportation to house all this equipment that I was now being plugged into, mm-hmm. you know? So, you know, the second hospital, we were just getting, we were getting ready to start the, the procedure yeah. and right at the beginning, it's just like, okay. So there was honestly a good 10 hours of going from one hospital to the next and not, you know, before I had any surgery. Okay. Before any of that surgery. Yeah, you're just tested. being moved around from place to place. It's something right. like, that's traumatizing enough and, right and, there. Right, and it really was because the first hospital we're at, and I hear them telling my girl, "You need to call his family." Oh my we don't God. know if he's going to make it. I heard that. Oh I heard God. them say, that. "I'm like, what?" I'm like, "Oh," and and you know, the whole time 
uh, I was going through this, I was very, very calm. You know, I had learned an, an, uh, through my musical adventures in this world, I had learned uh, a technique of singing called throat singing, where you're producing two, three tones at the same time. And it sounds like Gregarian chanting yeah. or the Mongolian cowboys. Uh, you're producing multiple tones at the same time, but it's also a very nice way of breathing because you're taking in long breaths and you're releasing the air real slow. And it sounds like this. You can hear more than one tone. Oh, Ray! That, Holy I was, shit! I was that's owning, cool. That's cool as well. Wow. Thank you. And it was weird because it was just there was a natural tendency to start doing that while I was experiencing all this pain. Yeah. And I and and when I did that, it was calming me down, and it was reducing the amount of pain that I was feeling. So I kept doing it. I know it had to be freaking these doctors out, <laughs> like going into like all these rooms and I'm just, you know, but that was the only thing that could really, uh, that was doing anything. And, and when, as soon as I heard, you know, you better call his family, I'm like, all right, God, you know, I'm like, if it's my time, then it's my time. Uh-huh. I'm like, but I'm going to pray it's not because I want to see my kids. Like yeah. band stuff didn't matter. You know, uh, all material shit didn't matter. Yeah. All that mattered was my kids, mm-hmm. you know, that was it. Mm-hmm. And that right there really just kind of made me feel like I, I got to be here. I can't go anywhere. And um, as we're going to, you know, bouncing around different hospitals, I'm, I'm going through, like I'm opening up my eyes and I'm in a different scene. I'm closing them, and then I'm opening them up. I mean, I'm in a different hospital. Closing them, I'm in an ambulance. Moved around, yeah. Right, I'm getting moved around and 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 in in and out of consciousness. Mm -hmm. And um, and the last thing that I can remember is falling into a darkness, and then it was quick. I opened my eyes, and I'm still hearing this ohm sound, but I'm not producing it anymore. And I'm standing on a body of water that is so calm. There is no ripples in it whatsoever. And I'm up to the water up to, I'm up, I'm in the water up to my ankles, mm-hmm. you know, and, it, and it, it's like just the most peaceful scene. The beach that, you know, the sand beneath, you know, beneath me and behind me, <laughs> it looks wet, you know, it's like wet looking sand. Yeah. And there were tons of clouds moving by, you know, not that it was foggy, but you would see clouds moving mm. by. And I am staring at my feet. Like, as I'm opening up my eyes, I'm looking at my feet, and I notice that I have a pair of brand-new black Roman sandals. Sweet-looking sandals. I'm like, <laughs> where did I get these sandals from? And as I notice the, the feet, yeah. I notice the legs. And I'm looking at my body, and I'm like... We got a white man dress. I'm like, where did I get this man dress from? Like a toga you know, or I'm something kinda, like that? Like, I'm, I'm, like, like a toga? Yeah, like a toga. All right. Yep. And at that point, I'm going, where am I? And it was almost as soon as I thought that, that I heard music. I heard, I know you won't leave me, but I refuse <laughs> to let you go. I'm hearing the temptations. I was going to say, temptations? <laughs> 
of the all temptations. Okay. Ain't too proud to beg, but I just felt like that that lyric right there was telling me something. I felt like, you know, that was life. <laughs> Say, I know you want to leave me, but I refuse to let you go. And as I'm looking around for for a PA system because of how loud it was, yeah. there's nothing behind me except wet sand. You know, I look to my left and it's just water and sand, calm water, still water and sand. And I look to my right and it's still water and sand. And as I walk to my right and start walking a few steps, I feel the ground shake and I hear a huge splash behind me and I turn around and what was just sand and water behind me is now this mountain sliding into the water, creating this huge splash, almost like when an iceberg hits the water, you know, just, just this huge splash. Yeah, yeah. And, and, as it, and, and as I'm watching this thing, I'm feeling overcome by a real amazing feeling of awe, just completely like when you see something that's just blown you away. Mm-hmm mushrooms doesn't even compare to this like just like what is that like that is god it looked like somebody took a mountain and chiseled out a statue of zeus okay they had a giant boulder for for you know for the top of the mountain that was its head and it was chiseled out to look like zeus's head with the beard and everything arms that were stretched around the mountain which were branches tree branches you know, like the entire being of the mountain was his body all the way down to the base of the mountain, right by the water where you could see his feet and sandals and right at the base of the mountain where the mount that, that mountain had to be, I don't know, maybe about a hundred to 50, you know, 50 yards, hundred yards away. It's really hard to tell, Yeah. but I see someone walking towards me from the base of the mountain and he's wearing a toga. He's wearing the short togas. And, and at first I thought it was a, a relative that had passed. And as I looked at him, I'm like, no, that's not him. He looked like a cross between the actor, Marty Friedman, Marty Feldman, the, the, also known as Igor in the movie Young Frankenstein. This guy is very much, looks very Jewish, you know? Okay. With, with these giant bug eyes, like his eyes are really huge. He looked like, a, he looked like him and E.T. because these giant bug eyes were actually like blue and, and, and just like the same like circular uh, shape as E.T. I mean, that's the only thing I can think of because okay. like, it was a perfect round circle. It wasn't like this oval like shaped eye or, you know, or. Um, but circular, like mm-hmm. just round and giant blue eyes. Like it encompassed his forehead as well as his eye socket. Oh. And, and you're, and I'm looking at his eyes and I could see, um, uh, mist motion, you know, like I'm seeing clouds moving in his eyes. Like I'm seeing a lot of mist in his, in the, within the blueness of his eyes. And I'm just, I couldn't, you know, like I kind of looked in and I'm like, wow, that's how he sees everything. His eyes are the sky. It was my feeling. That's oh. what I thought to myself. And then, and, and then just, and then it made me realize that 
this is God. This God shows up as a mountain, but then he's like this little old man who walks in front of me. Mm-hmm. And as I'm looking at his eyes, I'm realizing that I am just a molecule, just a molecule inside his eye. I'm like, I'm no bigger than that. Mm-hmm. It was, it was a really interesting thing to see of, you know, time and space kind of warped. But as I'm looking at him, and he's blinking his eyes really hard, like someone who needs glasses. <laughs> but he's blinking his eyes really hard and frequently. Yeah. And he's kind of holding in this chuckle. You know, he, he's like... <clears throat> and then finally, he breaks the silence. He says this, and he points at me. And he says it in this type of voice. You're not supposed to be here yet. Like, kind of like a joking. Like, you know, it felt very Yoda-ish. <laughs> When Luke yeah. first met Yoda, that kind of like that quirkiness that Yoda was like, yeah, there yeah. was a quirkiness there. And, and when, as soon as he said that, I was, I was able to, to speak. I, was, I told him, I was like, I'm thinking the same thing. I'm thinking I should be with my kids right now. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, it's not your time yet, but since you're here, I'll show you around. So he ushers me to walk with him. And we walk to the right. So he's on my right side and this, you know, on the beach, the water is on my left. And as we're walking, I have this complete feeling of, this is my dad. This, I feel like a, a, like a little boy again, hanging out with his dad, like that kind of love, that kind of security, that just that warm. I felt that. And I was just in awe of him. Just, I couldn't stop looking at him like, you know, here he is, these giant blue eyes and in a toga, you know, I was just blown away and in awe because I know for myself as someone who was, uh, you know, born and raised Catholic. And then, you know, as I got older, my, my religious beliefs kind of got a little bit away from the Catholic church, Mm -hmm. just more Christian based. But, you know, uh, I started to, to feel like, you know, I'm not even really quite sure how to explain it, but mm-hmm. I just felt like this is, like, I just didn't deserve this. Like, I don't deserve God for all the things that I have done in my life. And here he was, you know? I mean, it wasn't the, it wasn't the, the light at the end of the tunnel or all these people around or anything like that or a bridge. This was... A, a very different experience from what I had ever read or anybody ever having. Yeah. But I was just blown away. I'm like, wow, it, it really kind of changed the way I, 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 you know, of the, the, the thoughts that I had been um, kind of subjected to yeah. from growing up through, uh, through organized religion. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, this guy's my dad. I'm like, I'm so loving this, you know, and yeah. I'm in awe. And as we walk, we pass by another old guy (laughs) he's not as old but he is very interesting dressed he's got blue leggings and a red trunks and he's got boots he's a wrestler like a luchador okay he has his boots taken off to the side and he's simply skipping stones off the water you know, he's an old man. He like, I guess like the closest thing I could think of like to describing him would be like the old man from, uh, you know, the Metallica video. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. The unforgiven. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> like he was that old. He was like that old. And as we were walking by, I'm like, who is that? 
and he was just like, you don't have to worry about him. I'm like, good. I don't have to worry about the old man with the red trunks. <laughs> and as soon as, and as soon as we walked by him, yeah. we are no longer on this beach setting anymore. Um, in outer space, I am looking to the earth to my right and it's about the size of a softball and i'm looking at the sun to my left and it's like the size of a giant beach ball we are so close to it and here's god right here in front of me and half of his body is completely blackened but the other half that's facing the sun is like golden shining and his hair i mean he's got god's got hair his hairline starts way high because of his huge eyes, obviously. Uh-huh. But there, it's long. It goes down to his back, his mid of his back, and it's like a, it's it's like a white, silvery, uh, wavy type of hair that he has. And um, in outer space, it's just floating, and I'm just looking at him in awe still, because I'm like, you know, I'm like having this experience, just going, wow, this is. This is incredible. As I'm looking at him, he's looking at the sun, and he says to me, you have a lot of people praying for you. He's like, your children are praying for you right this moment. You know, and when, and then he gave me this look. He shrugged his shoulders, and he gave me this look like, and it's just not your time. You know, and I knew exactly what he was saying. And I was just like, well, if you're telling me it's not my time yet, I'm going to make sure that I share this experience with everyone down there. And I'm pointing at the earth from outer space. I'm like, I know so many people that are sitting on the fence about you that if they were to hear this experience from me, it'll get them off the fence. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not a religious guy, you know, uh, of any sort, uh, definitely spiritual, but you know, and I think a lot of my friends understand that. So when they would hear this experience coming from me, they're not going to feel like it's coming from some Lord of sort of religious fanatic. But yeah. when I told him that, I'm like, I'm going to share this experience with everyone down there. He said, I know you will. And that's when he gave me a hug. He embraced me. He said, I know you will, my son. He put his arms around me. And as soon as he put his arms around me is right at that very moment when I opened up my eyes and I'm in the hospital, I got tubes sticking out of my brain. I got, you know, catheter. I got, you know, just, I'm all stuck. And, and I opened up my eyes to, to witness my baby sister. You know, I'm from Texas, Mm -hmm. you know, all my family's from Texas. (laughs) I've lived up here for, I don't know, damn near 30 years now yeah. or so You've been here. Yeah. never once have I had a, 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 a visit from her, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I'm opening up my eyes and I'm capturing her crying next to me, uh, you know, by my bed. And she's just looking down and I opened up my eyes and I was just like, the first thing I said is I must be fucked up if you're here. <laughs> 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 that was the first thing yeah. I said. And then the second thing is, sister, I was just with God. I was just with God. Just now I was with God. He just gave me a hug. I was with him. You know, and of course now at this point, everybody's 
you know, all the doctors and nurses are, they're swarming into the room and they're check, taking my vitals and they're congratulating me for making it through. We didn't know if you were going to pull out of this one. Mm-hmm. We thought we lost you. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and I was just like, it's not my time yet, guys. I'm like, God's real. <laughs> you know, <laughs> who wants to? And then, you know, of course, I, I looked down and I got a catheter and I was like, oh, and I got a jelly boner. <laughs> <laughs> For those people that don't know what a jelly boner is, when you get a catheter, <laughs> yeah. you will. Uh, unless you're female, then you will never understand the jelly boner. So <laughs> let me go ahead and go into it. It's a tube in your penis. Feels like a jelly boner. Yep. Anyway. <laughs> Everybody I calls that. it that, too. <laughs> Everybody calls it that. <laughs> go ahead, Ray. So sorry. I'm dealing with this. I'm, so now I'm like, I just saw God, and who wants to see my dick? So, <laughs> and I'm telling this to everybody. Yeah coming through and and you know it was like three days later i contracted spinal meningitis from the hospital's um lack of care Uh, it caused you know i almost went down for that one but i just you know i was like no it's not my time yet i'm gonna fucking bounce from this too but i stayed in the hospital for 20 days and then another 10 days of having to just be home and not go anywhere uh and get IV'd every, every, every day for 20 days. Yeah. And, um, so after all of that, I was very much tapped out. Hadn't been able to work. Nothing like that. Wasn't able, you know, so I'm just like finally able to start driving again. Is and I'm, and as I'm driving the band practice out to Ann Arbor from, uh, Madison Heights, I'm just like, God, I cannot wait to see how you take care of my financial pinch. Just put it out like that. Yeah. You know, it, it wasn't like God can have some money or, you know, it wasn't anything like that. It was, it was just like, I can't wait to see how you take care of this because you've taken care of everything else and, and, and you're on point. So who am I to, 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 to ever wonder, you know? And when I put it out like that, I heard his voice. I heard his voice, same voice that I heard during my experience. And he said, go to the casino, my son. It's all there for you. What? What? <laughs> this is something I didn't post uh, on on it. anything. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't post about. It. I didn't talk much about it um, because this was something I would I would share if we were doing an interview or something like that. This was just. But what happened that night is I went to the casino, and I play. I don't know if you're familiar with the game craps. Oh yeah, but I played. I played the field the whole night. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody knows that the field is kind of a sucker bet because mm-hmm. it's a one-time bet. Yeah. And all the numbers that uh, that come up the most frequent on the dice aren't on those numbers there. But I was doing the old, you know, if I lost, I just doubled up. If I lost that, I doubled up. And that approach was working for me. Like, I came home that morning with $13,300. Holy crap. No, exact. Holy craps! <laughs> no pun intended. Next, yeah. that's a beautiful pun. But <laughs> that right there. I mean, if you don't, if you don't, if you have a problem believing anything that I just said about my experience, that's okay. But you have to couple it with this experience of going to the casino. And playing on the field, which is really like they say, it's a, it's a sucker bet. A sucker bet. And to be able, 
and to be able to come back with that much money. Yeah. That was God all the way. I mean, I wouldn't have gone unless I had heard his voice. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Well, that, you know, I mean, it, giving your situation too. you know, if you're already laid up, you know, I mean, and we both know this, you know, if, we're, if you're laid up already because you've been through these medical issues um, and, you know, you know, money's money's there's always that issue with any of that stuff. The last place a lot of people would think to go would be the casino. Like, well, you know, I mean, it, the idea of that, I think would be like, oh, my God, I, you know, that's kind of like, I don't know if I should do that. That may get me in more trouble. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, right. Sometimes a lot of people, mm-hmm. you know, uh, so to go and, and jump on a limb like that, especially on a craps game of that sort. Um, it's unorthodox. I mean, I, that's you know, that's the only way I can look at it. Not in a bad way. It's just it's, it's an unorthodox approach to solving a problem, but it worked for you. It, <laughs> it, did. it worked for you. <laughs> you know what? And that and that was the thing. It's like and and it's not like that always works either. You know, I mean, no. uh, it thankfully it didn't create any. It didn't. I was thankful that it didn't spur on any habits. You know. Yeah. Because <laughs> that could have been easily a, a situation where I could see that, but. No, it, it was able to take care of, uh, you know, getting me a car, getting 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 some some money to my children who had, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, who have, you know, they were, you know, we were all suffering here. Yeah. And uh, and you know, basically just get money into the household again, and bring some relief. And and you know, I just that was the most money I've ever seen for me in my entire life. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. those $13,300 in cash. I was just like, I, you know, that to me was like, wow. It's a, it, um, it's like, it's like, it, well, it literally is hitting the lottery. I mean, you know, you just hit a jackpot. Um, I yeah. did, you know, and, um, you know, and I have to say this too, because there, you know, you guys are, you know, the ghost, you know, the ghostly radio thing here. Mm-hmm. And, and there were other things that had happened that had occurred afterwards right. that were just straight up, that were just straight up freaky. Like you know, what? Like um, what? well, about a, I want to say about a year after the aneurysm, um, I was asleep with my girl and she said that I woke her up in the middle of the night. I had, wiped the pillow from under from underneath her which twisted her neck in the process oh god so she wakes up to getting her neck twisted Mm -hmm. and she said that she looked at me and that my face like my body was red and that my my eyes were black and she said that when i was breathing i sounded like a beast and she was just like ray what the fuck's wrong with you (laughs) and she said i didn't acknowledge her Mm mm-hmm she said that I just I, I took the pillow and I moved like my back towards her and I and uh, scared the shit out of her, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and um, so I wake up the next day and I was just like, hi, baby. Good morning. Don't no good morning. Me. What was what the fuck was that shit last night? I'm like, <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah. And she told me and, and it was it, it was it was scary. You know, and um, I found out later on that <laughs> that it was a possession oh, while really? I was asleep. Yes. How'd you find out? I had. Well, I have a, I have a relative in Texas who is um, 
I have a, I have a baby brother who is, um, he's a ghost talker. He speaks to ghosts. He can, he, 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 he communicates. Um, and, uh, when I came to visit him, he, he was just like, man, he's like, brother, you got some, some heavy shit on you right now. He's like, I can feel it. He's like, I felt it as soon as you came in the house and I was in the back room. Like, I just feel like you, I could see it on you. You got like some darkness on you. He's like, let me burn some sage around you. I'm like, all right, man. I'm like, please. Because I was already kind of like from that experience of what happened when I was asleep with Dana, I was already kind of like, I don't want this shit to happen again. Mm -hmm. And so he was, he started burning the sage around me and he's like, yep. He's like, you got spirits that don't want you to share your experience. And that's why they're fucking with you. You know, he had a burning, you know, like, you know, like the burning sage, like the, the, like the bundle. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, you know, and it was just, it would, it was burning lightly, but whenever he placed it by my forehead and my third eye, it would ember up and catch a fire. And then he would remove it from my forehead and it would and it would go away. And he was like, damn dude. And he put it back to my forehead and it'd shoot up again. Uh It looked like somebody was taking a drag off of it. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Yeah. And then he did the same thing to my heart where, you know, but to my heart and it, and it started embering up more. And he's like, yeah, he's like, they don't want you sharing your experience, man. And I'm like, I figured that, you know. But, I'm, you know I'm I wondering. A prayer. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, I, I said a prayer along with the sage burning. I, I felt a lift. Like, I just felt like, thank you, brother. You know, and I didn't have any problems ever since, you know. But I knew, yeah, I mean, this left me with some massive amount of knowledge, this whole experience. It's, yeah. but it also, there's a, there's a price that comes with it, you know? And, um, for me, what I've noticed that my price has been is that I've had to say goodbye to, uh, just such a high frequency of family and friends that have crossed over now. Now, it's been five and a half years since this experience mm-hmm. and it wouldn't. And because I was adopted, I have two very close families to me. Um, you know, makes my family super big, but it also makes the nucleus very big too. So I, you know, so I lost a lot of family since then. My sister who was there when I came out of my, you know, coma, she passed my baby sister. Yeah. She died to cancer. Oh. I've had to say goodbye to my father who died from cancer. I've had to say goodbye to my best friend who died from heroin. You know, I had to say goodbye to his father and to his younger brother. I've had to say goodbye to a goddaughter. I mean, I could tell you a long list of very close people that I've had to say goodbye to. And I tell you, it, it, it was a feeling of like, I had this, you know, this strange feeling that God's going to take a lot of my family, a lot of like, just, I'm going to see a lot of them go before me, which is, you know, I'm still human. So it's difficult. It's It's difficult to say goodbye. Yeah. It's still painful, 
but at the same time, I also know how painful it is to not know uh, God. And it's even more painful to go through those experiences that way. So, you know, kind of a double-edged sword, mm-hmm. but certainly one that I feel like was, you know, certainly I feel like one that is been a privilege. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, one of the things, you know, on that thought that you just you were just throwing out there, um, I've read this in, in several places uh, about experiences of this sort, right? And this isn't to turn this into a science experience for you either, but um, a lot of people have went through this, I've read about, and when they came back from that, like you did, right, um, opening your eyes in the hospital, a lot of, a lot of people I've read have actually been quite bummed out you know when i was watching your when i watched your video on this ray that's what you, you, one of the things you said was just that you're like i want to get back to my kids i want to be with my kids right and within that when you were having this experience that you're talking about right we, what we talked about already um you were you know you were in this you were in the divine presence uh and what people say is and you said the same thing too, which I found really, really interesting, was that you forgot about everything when you were in this presence. Mm-hmm. You forgot about everything. Nothing seemed to really matter at that point because you were in this you were in this divine presence. And what I've read on people who have come back from this the same way you did, um, they've come back, and I don't really know any other way to say it. They've been really bummed out <laughs> because they're like, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, and, yes. and, and the idea of it is they have been in the divine presence now there's nothing better than that right exactly and when, yep, i mean it, how are you going how can you top that yeah and and now you have the absence now you're dealing with the absence of that in your life with your body and your spirit and your soul um so that's pain right there that's a, that's a loss in and of itself so mm-hmm. that's one thing i was thinking about when when you're talking about and i mean I mean, I guess, I mean, let me ask you a question. Let me, uh, to ask a question about that. Yeah. Did you feel that when you came back? I mean, it seemed like you, I, obviously you were happy to be back. <laughs> you, I was, yeah, because you know yeah. what, it, you know what, had it not been for my children, I probably would have felt, uh, uh, you know, that a little bit more, uh, a little bit more of a depression. Yeah. But I remember very, very, very uh, specifically wanting to come back for my kids. Yeah. You know? Yeah, but uh, but I will have to say this too, you know, that that short time that I got to spend with him. I mean, that was worth a lifetime of 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 so many things that had been wrong in my life. You know, I grew up in a I grew up in a time, you know, where I was playing guitar for Kid Rock at one point. I remember I was that guitar for insane clown posse. I remember I that too. Guitar for, <laughs> where I was playing guitar for proof. Yeah. So I was playing, you know, you know, or I was playing, you know, I, I had gotten myself into so many different opportunities. You might even remember when I almost got myself into MTV when I was uh, back in 1999 from the wannabe of VJ two contest. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. I, remember. I was the guy and, 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 you know, and how crazy is this? I was the guy who brought a Satan puppet on TRL. <laughs> I brought I brought Lou 
from yeah. uh, the Geppetto Files. You know, my buddy Ted Calvini. What up, Ted? Yeah. Uh, the Geppetto Files, he had a, a Satan, you know, a Lucifer mm-hmm. that was a talk show host. And, uh, you know, he, he, he modeled that after me, wanting me to be the voice of it. So, you know, that was fun. We, we had a lot of fun doing that. And, um, and as a result, I was just like, Hey Ted, let me take, let me take Lou to TRL for, you know, the 1999 want to be a VJ2 contest. I'm like, I'll get him on MTV. I promise you. <laughs> sure enough. I was the only dude that showed up with a puppet and I got the call back. I got to be on TRL, mm-hmm. you know, I got to be, I had that whole experience of looking down on the kids and seeing like just the mobs of teenage fans that are just starstruck and everything. And that, that whole thing that you would see on MTV in the nineties. Yep. I, 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 I got to be part of that for, for a day. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, uh, I used the Satan puppet to, to, to get me there. Yeah. You know, they were, they called me back. They were like, Hey, you're still in town. I'm like, yeah. I was like, great. We want you back tomorrow. TRL be here in the morning. Definitely bring that puppet, <laughs> 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 you know? So, and you know, and, and my, my whole approach with Satan and, and, and being the devil for, for, uh, for the Geppetto files is that, you know, it's just like, uh, you know, the, 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 the beef between him and God has always been just like, you know, something similar to a, a father and a son who just gets sent down to the basement, you know? Yeah. Go live in the basement. Mm-hmm. You know? So so we had a lot of fun doing this. But that was something that, I, you know, interesting enough is, you know, that I have tried so hard to, to, to be famous. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. To make it, mm-hmm. you know? And it, it felt like such a slap in the face every time, you know, and then, you know, and you just kind of keep going and, and keep doing it. But the final straw for me at that point was kicking back with Dimebag Daryl and that, you know, Pantera is already over and we're in damage plan and damage plan is playing at Harpo's and they called Dimebag calls me up. He's like, Hey dude, Fucking show up to Harpo's, bring your shit, and get ready to jam. We I, want remember you guys open up for us. I remember that too. Remember that. Remember that. So, yeah. so I mean that that was a that was a last minute decision by by him and Vinny mm-hmm. to have us on on that Headbangers Ball show. Yeah, we showed up, and you know the owners at Harpo's were just dicks. What are you guys doing here? Oh yeah, oh, we're here to fucking <laughs> open up. Like, oh, you guys didn't sell any tickets. You're not going to fucking play. Like, yeah. well, talk to Dimebag because they fucking told us to be here. Mm-hmm. You know, so you know he had that fucking talk, gave them the spanking, and sure enough, we were on for the night. Mm-hmm. So, and that was the kind of shit that Dimebag would do for us. You know, and and you know my relationship started with him early on from those video underground days. You know, Cowboys from Hell. And, you know, far beyond driven those days. Mm-hmm. And we used to bug the shit out of them. Dude, get us, let us, you know, we're a good band. Let us fucking open up for you whenever we can. Mm-hmm. You know, just, yeah. but at that point, it, it had gotten to the point where we're like, you know what? It, I don't want to bug him. You know, if he really wanted to do some shit with us, he'll say it. Yeah. You know? So the conversation was with him is like, you know, you can actually find some video footage about this on, on YouTube. Uh, search uh, Motown Rage Nobody's Batter 
mm-hmm. is a tribute that we had made for a video for Dime, but we had recorded the song while he was still alive and he loved it. You know, he was like, man, that's fucking awesome. He, he was honored because we had did a, a rap rock version of five minutes alone. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was just like, dude, that night at, at Harpo's, he was like, I want you guys to come to my uh, studio in Texas. I want to fucking record you guys. I want to do that Truth Hurts song. We're going to fucking tighten it up. He's like, and then I'm going to fucking move, you know, I'm going to send it to the labels. There you go. And I was just like, I was just like, bro, finally, our, 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 you know, prayers have been answered. Mm-hmm. The shit that we've been working so hard for and, you know, is finally going to accumulate to something. Yep. And I got a phone call from him the night of his murder. He called me up from, uh, obviously from Ohio and he called to, just to let us know, Hey man, I've got you guys on the show for the Flint, you know, machine shop show tomorrow night. Be sure you guys are there and fucking be ready to party, <laughs> you know? And I was just yeah. like, dude, again, thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Nothing but love for you, bro. Thanks for getting us on the bill, you know? And, and, uh, said goodbye to him. Love yeah. you, bro. Thanks. Mm-hmm. And that was the last time I got to talk to him because three hours later he was murdered on stage. Yep. And that was a, you know, and that, go ahead. And that was a huge blow. I mean, uh, I got interviewed that following morning by Doug Cordell on the riff and it was real, real eerie, eerie, strange, bizarre, like just like a, just a messed up dream. And, um, you know, at that point right there, it made me realize as I'm looking at my kids, so I was like, man, I never would want to put my kids through this kind of pain. Mm-hmm. And thank God he didn't have any kids to go through that pain Yeah, when he was murdered. But that was really kind of like the final, uh, at that point, it was really kind of like, okay, this whole, this whole, um, search for, for, uh, you know, fame and fortune is just a fucking illusion. Yeah. You know? And and considering what happened to who I consider to be one of the coolest, most down to earth rockers that you could ever have to grace this planet, for him to get killed on stage by a fan? Yeah. It was it was ridiculous. Now, it was so senseless. It, it's 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 not worth it, and it's no. not worth it for me to put my kids through that kind of loss. So no. it really, it, and and it was really at that point, brother, where I'm like, okay, mate, this this is maybe not what I wanted, you know. But it it certainly for the longest time, you know, left me broken. Oh yeah, you know, and um, and it really put a real half heartiness into my step. Like, you know what, at that point, I'm like, okay, I'm in Motown Rage, and, you know, we're doing stuff, but I don't really care anymore. Not that I don't care about the band or the fellas, but because of everything else that has gone through, mm-hmm. it's it's like, you know, I can't look forward to going on, on the road and catching up with and doing some fucking shit with Dimebag. No. Which was something yeah. that I, you know, in my mind, that was something that I really wanted to fucking do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, it's... so... We all go through that. It was. Go ahead. Go ahead, Ray. It was a, foreclo- uh, a foreclosure of a dream, basically, yeah. to, to quote a Megadeth song. But yeah. <laughs> it just definitely, it left me feeling like 
all right, God, what is, what, what is my purpose here? Mm. You know? And, and, and it was very, you know, from, from what I could tell in my point, I felt like, man, I really screwed up my life. I didn't do the things I was supposed to do, you know? And there was just a lot of, just a lot of regret, you know? Yeah. You know, I think fast, but I think fast forward to that aneurysm and having that whole experience. And it was like, Oh, I get it now. I see what I had to have those experiences and feel that emptiness for a minute. So that way I knew exactly how it felt when I'm not empty. Mm -hmm. Like I completely don't feel that empty anymore. You know, I I feel very blessed, Mm. you know, even as I'm having to say goodbye to family and friends that are crossing over, it's a feeling that is like, man, I know exactly where you're going and I'll see you when I get there. It's, a, it's, it's still sad. It's a funny. It's still, yeah. It still hurts. There's yeah. still pain and there's still tears, but it's it's a different way of seeing things now. You know. Well, there's you know much like your time about the divine presence earlier, and I mentioned the absence of that, how that affects people. That I you know I've read up about these people that how it's affected them. You know where they experience depression after they came mm-hmm. back from a, from a near-death experience. You know, I, I think, you know, and it depends on what you believe in, right? We all have, we, right. you know, I have, my, I have my trip, you have your trip, Amber has her trip, you know. But going on that thought thread, Ray, you know, when someone does, you, you lose someone close to you, it's that presence we're talking about, that, that presence for the person's in front of you, and you can talk to them, you can interact with them, you can hug them, you can touch them, you know, you can do things with them, right? And that's what I think... Right. The sadness comes from is there is that again, much like I was what I was talking about a few minutes ago, that absence of that presence of that important person, friend or family member in your life, right? That's why you feel right. emptiness. Um, mm-hmm. And depending on what you believe in, yeah, I mean, depending on what you believe in, you can either you can even get more depressed after that, or you know, you take, you know, where, how you believe though, Ray, where, well, okay, this really sucks that you're not here to, to be with me anymore. And I'm going to miss seeing you, but I'm really happy that, cause I know where you're going. And like you just said, I'll see you soon. It's cool. Right. Um, right. And that's a beautiful, and, and, you know, I don't really, you know, if you're an open-minded person, that's a beautiful thought. It, it's a beautiful th- way to look at things too. Um, and, and I and I can't not help but you know feel that kind of pull up my chest a little bit here and that because, you know I mean I we've all lost me, you know family and friends I mean I and I'm right with you this year started out shitty and it just keeps seems to be getting shittier and shittier I'm losing one friend after another um, you know I had I had a, my grandmother passed away not too long ago um, so you know I am no stranger right now to that that emptiness and that pain that you feel when you lose someone. Amber is raising her hand. The class is raising her hand. Amber, what, what, yeah. what's, what's up, Amber? No, I had a question for Ray because um, back to briefly getting possessed. Let's bring it back to possession. <laughs> um, no, I'm curious about this because when people come back from having a near-death experience like that, they, they talk about having one foot still on the other side, one foot here. Do you feel like you still have a connection with the other side in any way? Like, are you sensitive to things? Do you sometimes oh, get messages? Yes. I, yes, I get, I get, um, I have an amazing amount of, I have, I, I'm on a roll for guessing. 
<laughs> like guessing things. Okay. Like, uh, you know, yeah, I, I have, uh, and I, I often finish my, um, you know, I finishing people's sentences. Yeah. Like you just have a knowing when, when they're talking. Yeah. You know what I have, and you know what, it's interesting that you asked that because I have noticed something. I'm more sensitive to energy. Oh yeah. People's yeah. energy. Yep. And, 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 and I'm more aware of my own energy now. I have, um, <clears throat> and this might sound kind of strange, but <clears throat> you know, um, you ever seen those pinwheels with the, with the little foil on top of the pinwheel? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and people try to get these things to spin just by using their own magnetic energy. Yeah. Yeah. I've been able to do that. I've been able to have people feel pulse pulses across the room as I'm playing with their energy. And, and, um, Another thing that happened was I was I was telling a friend of mine over the phone about this, and I started playing with the energy over the phone, you know, like just putting my hand back and forth towards the phone, and I can hear him laughing. He starts laughing. He's like, "Dude, I feel like a pulse on my on my on my chin right now on my on my uh, cheek," and then I started going faster. He starts to laugh. He's like, "Now it's going faster." Then I started doing long, slow pushes. He's like, now it's slowed down. He's like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? I'm like, dude, <laughs> it's just something that I've noticed that since my aneurysm, I've become very aware, very aware of this energy now. Yeah, a lot of and, people um, report that. That's why I wondered, um, because everyone's different. And uh, the girl we had on the show last, Heather, I, yeah. she she became super sensitive to people's energy as well. She said the same exact thing. You know, and you both experienced the same thing. When this actually happened to you, Ray, you said something that really the, stuck out to the me. The heat. The heat. Uh, you said that you felt very hot. You were really burning up. And our friend yep. he- Heather, who was here a couple weeks ago, when she talked about when she had her aneurysm, it was the exact same thing. She's like, I was laying on my bed, and I just remember the entire room just became super hot, and I started taking parts of my clothes off trying to cool off. Um, mm-hmm. So that must be, I mean, that must be obviously a physical symptom of what's happening to you guys. It's still uncanny to hear that, hear this, you know, the similarities, though, to these experiences. I think that's all chemical reactions, though, right? It's just, right. That's, that's just something that's part of the condition. Now, Heather's was an actual rare genetic condition she was born with did, did was there a reason for your aneurysm yes there was i was i was banging like a rock star oh, <laughs> oh really you beat your brain you, i mean you literally really oh shit wow. no i like you know it's so funny i you know this is really what happened i literally came and went at the same time What's that? I was having sex. I was I was having sex wait, wait. when this happened. Well, oh, oh, oh! I thought you meant headbanging, like, like yo. No, 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 we no, thought no, you no, meant no. headbanging. Oh, oh, Jesus, Ray! No, no, no. Whoa, you had you Serious had an headbanging. aneurysm in the like, middle of doing it. I was having I was having like I was having some hard like super like <laughs> really like, damn I'm fucking. <laughs> <laughs> no, I th- I, I seriously thought you like, I, I thought was you trying meant- to just. Oh, trying well, to keep it as clean as possible. No, you're all right. You're fine. Okay. About what. You're okay. But you know, um, that's what happened. So I, you know, I tell my girl all the time. I was like, "Damn, girl, you're 
your JJ sent my shit right to God. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> She's oh, that, that shit just embarrasses her all the time. But it's it's true. Well, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a serious thing. We, we It's obvious this is a very serious thing that happened to you. But, I mean, right. that is some levity to it, though, too. <laughs> Well, okay. You know, Other than you know, but, but let that be a, pu- a pu- you know a public service announcement, guys. <laughs> don't don't fuck so hard. Don't try to be like Jeez. super hard fucking because if you're in your twenties, cool. If you're in your thirties, maybe definitely not in your forties. <laughs> don't do it in your forties. It's, it's a risk. It's a risk. <laughs> but but other than that activity, was there something biologically going on in your system that triggered it, or just it's just no that was that was it. Like that I was, was really super, it. That was okay. Like I fucked my brains out. <laughs> you know, and I think that's another interesting thing about this whole experience is that you know. I, um, you know, I became a, a friend of mine who had heard what had happened to me and, you know, she was certainly around. She, she wanted, she wanted to get married. She got married, her and her husband, but she didn't want anybody to marry her. She was like, Ray, I would really love for you to marry us because of your experience, you know? we would pay for, you know, we'll go ahead and get you certified. So I became a certified pastor. Oh, really? the Church of Life, just so I could marry them. And, uh, and I thought it was so, you know, to me, I'm like, you know, I just kind of smile at God because I'm just like, you know, I know exactly what he's doing here. And that's, you know, he, he wants, he's, he's bringing me closer pulling me into a situation where I'm a pastor, I would have never, come on, bro, yeah. me, a pastor, come on. Uh, no, you know, I'd come to your service. I'd come to your service. You know what? And that's the thing is that I have thought very much about what, what I would love to do is open up a church. It would certainly be one that would be right by the water. And there wouldn't be no, there would be no ceilings on it. Maybe walls, but no ceilings because we could look at the sky. It's it just that this this whole journey ever since then has, has been pretty amazing. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's been difficult when you you know when you lose that many family members and, and close friends, but at the same time, it's also nice to know where they're going, and that I know that I'm going to catch up with them. You know, mm-hmm. I had an opportunity to share this experience with uh, with a dear friend of mine. It's somebody we all know, Tommy Chong of Cheech and Chong. Ah. And and when I taught when I told him my whole experience, the first thing that he asked is like, he's like, "So, Razor Ray, <laughs> did you see any devils?" <laughs> and I was like, "No, I didn't see any devils." And then he was just like, "That's because there aren't any," you know. And I and I and I can and, and I can begin to see that because I see how everything is perspective. You know, I don't know if you remember. Did you ever see the movie Jacob's Ladder? Oh yeah. In in the ninety in the eighties, mm-hmm. but you know, it was a uh, an amazing movie, and and ultimately. 
what it was about is demons were actually angels trying to get this soul back to heaven. Mm-hmm. You know, so what seemed one way was actually another way. And, and that's kind of how I see things now. You know, I mean, it, it, it left me with a really profound way of thinking. Like, I mean, I started thinking to myself, I'm like, wow. Started thinking about Hitler and about all those people that he had killed, that he murdered. And, and I started wondering about what his, like, final seconds, you know, final moments on this planet and going into the next realm would be like. Which to me, when I thought about it, it was something along the lines of him in the presence of all these souls that he had sent and then a feeling of guilt, sorrow, like, oh my God, I, I fucked up. Yeah. I fucked up really bad. <laughs> well, and I... then being embraced by, and then being embraced by him. That's the part. Instead of being thrown in hell and and uh and pick you know, pitchfork to hell, he's embraced by him. Because he even he had a purpose on this planet that we're no one to, to question God's grandmaster plan. And if you want to, good luck. But what I ended up thinking to myself is like, wow, it's things aren't always what they seem to be. I mean, on one, on, on, on one reality, he certainly is a monster. But on the other side of that is like Pied Piper of millions of souls. Well, I mean, and does that make is, any... no, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, you know, and, and, it, and, it, and it does raise a lot of interesting ideas. I mean, obviously, in this plane of existence where we're at right now, that that Adolf Hitler once shared many years ago, he had ideas, he had a plan, and he had a mission that he was on. Now, we all can agree that it was beyond fucked up uh it was reprehensible according to our laws and our guidelines and our morals as people right uh right and i fully agree with that it's in the most one of the it's one of the worst things that ever happened in our history in our short history as humans uh at least as, as our humans in our current condition we are now um he had a perspective on things he had a perception of of what reality was and what he thought reality should be and what the world should be like, right? And that's what he was kept. Right. That's what he was. He was um, imprisoned in. Well, at least at a certain point in his life, where he had these ideas and you know became became imprisoned by them, right? He was a, he was a prisoner to his own thoughts, I think. Um, and you know, and going on your your idea, Ray, is you know if he does. He, he finally passes away, and this is what I do find very interesting is, you know, yeah, what are his thoughts when he's passing on, you know, on whatever that entails? I, thankfully, have never done that yet, or not even part of the way, <laughs> and I don't plan on doing it anytime right. soon, uh, but, you know, yeah, instead of the idea of, and the, and, and that's one of my, I'll be totally blunt, Ray, I mean, that's one of my problems with organized religion flat out, it's just that, it's, it is the, the fear-mongering aspect of it. Uh, then mm-hmm. I think I think a lot of people are are ruled by this by fear and not the idea of love and enlightenment and being uh, in sh- that's the, what's the word I'm, oh my god uh, oh my what's wrong with me today leaving you know taking the idea of religion the idea of a higher power the divine presence and being inspired 
right? That's the word I was looking for is being inspired. There I think you go. the problem is with a lot of it, I think, is just that. And it's what I, you know, I'm very vocal about it where a lot of organized religion, it is fear mongering flat, flat out. Okay, if you do that, you're going to hell and the pitchforks are going to knock you down there. And there's this whole vision we've seen people draw. There, there's been art, you know, beautiful art written, you know, been created about hell for the last three, four hundred years we've seen, right? I mean, hell mm-hmm. is this amazing idea people have. Uh, and a lot of it does come from this idea of fear, right? Now, what's your the, the right. thought you're on with 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 Hitler, for example? We're talking about is just, you know, the gravity of that. If you have to face down being who he he is, well, he was in the let you know the what he carries in his history now, uh, what we what we all know about um, the gravity of something like that. Let's say he he passes away and passes on. And he's faced with every soul that he was responsible for shipping off, right? Mm-hmm. That idea is beyond profound to me. That you know, and it, I'm not saying it, not in a revengeful or a vengeful sort of way, but okay, man. Well, you got to own your shit. <laughs> okay, this is what you right. did. This is how it works. Exactly. And you need this to learn from this. You need to learn from this. Okay. Uh, and that's what they, you know. That's the, what what at least for me. That's what my idea of. You know, I think a lot of the universe is, um, or this idea of spirituality is, you know, it's a constant work in progress. You know, just because you die doesn't mean, oh, well, okay, I was good my whole life. It ends here. I get to sit on a cloud and play a violin the rest of eternity. I don't think that's, right. I don't think that's the case. I think it's always going to be some type of learning experience you're going through as mm-hmm. a, being exactly. of, a, a being of energy. I mean, that's all I can say is a being of energy, some type of thing. I, I do believe we do have some type of, some type of energy about us as as humans in this very heavy, dense, gravity-driven uh, reality we're in now, um, and I, I think you know we may go. I mean, I mean, I'm always thinking about different ideas too. That's what, what I do. But um, th- going on that thread is, I think there is it is a learning thing. It's always a work in progress, and you're always going to try to better yourself. And some of us do better in this existence that we're in right now than others. I think, right? I mean, I think I think that is the reality of of nature is that some people do do better than others in certain ways. So maybe you are a fucking shit bag in this, in this right, lifetime. Exactly. Right? Maybe you are a <laughs> shit bag, right? Um, you know, one of the things that, that, you know, and I, that I found really my old neighbor, who was a really great guy, uh, who's a very, he was a religious, very religious person, but a very cool person like you, Ray. Like, you know, we can talk about this stuff, right? About openly talk about these ideas. Um, Thank you. And, my my neighbor when he when he was still living here we had this conversation and this is where things get kind of weird for me it was we were sitting talking and he's like well you know i go i don't i refuse to believe that someone who was a pedophile their entire life or some really horrible thing like that's bad to me that's like you're, i don't know where how you're coming back from that <laughs> you know what i mean uh just right. in the grand scheme of things uh we've talked about that idea i'm like okay that guy fuck him he's done I don't know anybody that's going to give this guy a key to the clubhouse. This is ridiculous. You know, this this guy mm-hmm. this guy is completely. Well, and my neighbor was like, "Well, no. When it comes to the, the idea of God and the divine presence, all he has to do is ask for forgiveness. And when he if before you know if he's dying and he's on his deathbed, I go. Well, so wait a minute. You can be a shitbag your entire life, a total jerk off your entire life, and then at the very end, and I'm I know I'm being very superficial right now. There's a reason for that. Um, no, it's all good. Yeah, it, I'm being very superficial. I know. Uh, 
You can be a shitbag your entire life, and then at the end, you can just go, hey, I'm really sorry about being an asshole the whole time. To which my neighbor responds, he's like, no, it ain't that easy, man. I'm like, well, I hope it isn't. <laughs> you know, right? And he's like, no, I mean, the divine God and the divine presence will know if you really mean it or not, if you take it into your heart. Right. Right. Um, and I have my thoughts on that, too. Uh, but I think going back to what I was saying before is this idea of, OK, maybe you didn't do so well in this existence. Right. Assuming that there is this idea that we may change form, maybe not only just, you know, where we leave here and then go to where maybe you went. Right. And that's where we ha- or, or maybe whatever our, our idea of that is. Uh, you just don't right. go. There's not maybe there's other places you go. Maybe you move up. Maybe you move down. I don't know. Um, so maybe somebody does shitty in this existence like Hitler did. He did really bad. I think he, <laughs> he did really yeah, bad. He, did. he didn't do a very cool. good job at all. Um, like, oh, man, you're yeah. so close to yeah, you're being real, great, and then you're like a great fucking uh, bad guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the greatest So he, But he has guys. to go, he, he goes where he goes, probably the same, maybe the same place that you went, right? And he has to, mm-hmm. okay, man, so, hey, so check this out. This is what you did, man. Um, yeah, kind of a rough run you had there. Um, so now you need to learn, right? You need to learn. We need to, you, you need to understand what what you were wrong with, what, what thoughts that right. imprisoned you to make you perform the acts that you performed. Right. So I think it's a learning thing. That's like kind of my whole thought with that is just like, I think this is something that's a, con- a constant work in progress. Um, and I don't think that any, anybody, uh, any soul of our, you know, in our, like, I guess like you or me or Amber here, we always, you know, much like I think in life too, not to get too philosophical, but, much like I, I think in just our lives every day, I know this is how you feel too, Ray, is, you know, we're always trying to grow. I know I am as a person and get better and be smarter and be more wise and learn from the mistakes I make every day, <laughs> right? Um, I'm, so I'm trying to improve myself as a person, you know, and I think that, I think that carries over into the ether, you know, if that idea makes any sense. Does that make any sense at all, Ray? <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, absolutely. You just want to be the best at, you know, be the best that you can be, not hurt anybody, that type of thing. Yeah, but I think that is that is also as a as a soul too. I th- I don't th- I think I think I don't, I wouldn't call them divine beings, but I mean you know when you go wherever you go, that may be a learning experience also. Much like going back on the whole Hitler thing, you know. Um, right. Yeah, man, you got a lot to figure out here, dude. You get, we really need to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> we really need to have a conversation well, you know, here, you know. I, I, you know, what's interesting is that uh, after my, after all of that had happened, I, I, I wrote a book called On Heaven's Shore, and, um, and it felt rushed, and the computer crashed. Oh so no! I really, you know, I wrote it down first, and then the computer crashed. So I still got it on paper, but it's all up here. The thing was, is that I've realize that the way it was coming out was not the way he, he wants me to put it out there. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, the book initially started out as just going to kind of, kind of tell the story of just the aneurysm and then the experience, but there, it's just too much more of that. And, you know, as I was kind of explaining to you earlier is that, you know, I, I spent a lot of my life trying to, you know, trying to make something of myself, mm-hmm. you know, 
and, and really putting myself out there and feeling like I was way qualified for it, but it was just, it wasn't just, wasn't for me. And, you know, it, and it, it kind of, kind kind of becomes a story of, you know, don't give up, you know? Yeah. And even when, and even, even as the chips are completely down, you know, there is always hope, you know, and there's always God. I mean, that's something that I know for sure now, mm-hmm. you know, um, I just, and I've known that I've had to say goodbye to so many, so many close dear friends recently. And, and I, I have this feeling like, man, I, I know I'm going to see you again. You know, this is hard, but at the same time, I also feel very blessed to be able to share this, this experience Mm-hmm. And especially during these times of loss and mourn, oh yeah, where it really does get into a person's heart. Mm-hmm. You know, not everybody's going to want to hear this story. Not everybody has the time for it. Everybody's kind of too busy taking selfies, and you know, it's it. We're very much in a, a narcissistic world nowadays. It you know no one really has a lot of time to want to know about God, and that was the thing that I had um, had come to to a realization, and it was when I was at my goddaughter's funeral. You know she was you know eighteen and in a car accident and died, and I was just like in, in a sobbing conversation with God. It was just like, why am I still here? Why are you taking away everybody else? Why, you know? And he, just that very clear voice that I had heard before told me, because in four to five years, people aren't going to believe I exist. Hmm. And there are. There are lots of people right now. We are in that, we're right in that fifth year right now. So this is really what I find interesting that you've reached out to me about because we're at this time period oh yeah uh and and we really do on have facebook a lot of, of all places that... too right ironically enough right on facebook right which is yep. which yep, you know yep. i mean you mentioned the you know social media uh and narcissism pretty much mean the same thing i think now uh it's the same definition and there we do live in a time i think where it's very easy to fall into this hole of depression. I think now um, mm-hmm. things are so things are is hard and digital and digital emotionally with us as people, as the devices that we hold in our hands, the computers we use. Um, it's transposed into our lives, I think, and mm-hmm. we are operating on a very binary level, at least as people. Um, and our attitudes, um, you know, and that that does scare me a little bit. Um, you know, wh- whatever your beliefs are, your beliefs are spiritually too. I think people really are more wrapped up in themselves. <laughs> I don't know mm-hmm. any other way to yeah, say exactly. it. They yeah, are really, exactly. and I see it. I see it every day when I, you know, when I'm out and about. And I've gotten to a point, you know, I mean, with the phone thing, for example, I've told Amber this too. 
I'm getting really irritated with my 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 smartphone. I'm tired of having to look at it. I'm tired of having to check messages on there. It annoys the living hell out of me these days. It just drives me nuts. And and you know, I have friends that are even older than I am, right? I'm 43 and I got friends that are, you know, 46 and we'll be somewhere and we'll be having a conversation. Well, I'll be trying to have a conversation with them and they'll just be staring at their phone. And I mean, I, I remember a time, I'm sure you did too, Ray, when that was considered very, very rude. Like, you you don't look at your oh, phone. Oh, I know. Yeah. You know what? I was just at a restaurant the other day and I felt like I would be rude to pick up my phone to look at because I'm in this restaurant and we're, you know, celebrating. Yeah. And so I had to do it when, you know, folks were getting up to go to the bathroom, you know, when the table emptied out a little bit yeah, where, you yeah. know, there was moments, but then you can go and check your phone off, check yeah. your status. and like, okay, we're good. Yeah. But it, yeah, exactly. It's, it's that right there. And it's so like, yeah, it's, it's, we, I'm getting annoyed with there, it. My, go ahead, Ray, go ahead. There are people that believe, you know, I, I, this experience here affected a, a really dear friend of mine to just be like, so you you live because you're strong. You, you it wasn't your time to go, but he would not buy the whole God thing. You know, yeah. well, like I'm glad you know. He's like I'm glad you were strong enough to pull through it, bro. You know, yeah. And not, like, and not everyone's it gonna, wasn't me. It was God. No, He's like, not, yeah, what was you? Yeah. Not everyone's gonna believe that, Ray. That's a, right. I mean, exactly. You, I know that, and you know that. Not every, everyone is mm-hmm. gonna believe that. Um, but, you know, I think even I don't and my thing with this, too, is I don't really care what you you know, what your belief system is, what you believe as a person. Um, listening to what you talked about here. Right. Um, there's a lot you can take away from that as a person. Right. Number one, I think, right. is, you know, and I think when you're faced with death and you're faced with, you know, immortality, I'm sorry, immortality, um, when you're faced with something like that, like we've already established nothing else really all the, you know, like, Oh my God, my Instagram status. Well, I need to really take care of that. Or man, you know, boy, I really need to get my, get my rims cleaned on my car or, you know, man, I really need oh, to wait uh, I'm dying. Let me get Facebook live really quick. Yeah. So well, <laughs> yeah. Right. But not the reality of that. I really, well, I know for a fact is none of that shit matters. It don't, uh, when you're faced, when you're facing down, Let's. I mean, I'll just throw. You know, when you're when if you're facing down the divine presence, like like you already said, nothing really matters. You forget about all this horse shit. <laughs> you mm-hmm. really do. You forget about all this. Just this. Uh, you know, very uh, shallow horse shit. That I think a lot of people they they what they've literally hardwired their lives around now, uh, and it's it's why they exist. And when. They don't get enough likes for for a, a picture of their dog they put up or something like that. That that to them, you know, breaking it down into pieces, that right there constitutes a failure to them. They they mm-hmm. feel like they've failed at something, and that's where I think this depression we're seeing this a lot more with with. And I won't even say young people. I think people even older than us, Ray go through this now yep. too. They get, they get, they get caught into this rabbit hole of social media of sorts. And you know, well, I'm not the most popular person here. 
You know, and we both know it's like, well, who gives a fuck about that? <laughs> who cares, right. man? It don't matter. It don't matter because we both, you know, I've been through the, you know, as you're telling me this, Ray, uh, you know, I've been down the same road. We, we we did a lot of stuff. We both were musicians. We both are still musicians. And we both mm-hmm. we both chased after that, that, that dream of becoming, you know, a professional musician and being on the road and doing that whole thing, right? Like our heroes. Um, uh, so I, and I came to a point too, where literally I hit a wall, thankfully for not as heavy a reasons that you went through Ray, but I literally hit the wall and said, you know, I, I'm doing this stuff for all the wrong reasons, man. Like at least with music, right? Like I'm doing this for all the wrong reasons and I'm betraying myself now. Um, you need to step up and do this for the reasons that you want to do it. And like when we were, when I was a kid was just, like, I'm really interested in playing music. <laughs> you know, it's just as simple as that. There was nothing right. to it. Um, and I think a lot of people, they have an agenda for everything they do now. And I understand, you know, Hey, I can't, I've been through that. So I do understand it. Um, but having the experience that I have, and I know that you have also, I'm like, well, you know what? Go out and chase your dream. That's what you're supposed to do. You need to do that, right? But you need to right. also be realistic about your life and what you want to do with yourself. And not, not, you know, not just the, what, what kind of job you're going to have, whatever, but just, you know, be, be wise about your decisions, right? Because mm-hmm. um, I know we both made mistakes. I know I made plenty of them, and I'm still making mistakes. Um, oh, yeah. Part of life. But that's, yeah, that, but that's how that stuff works. So, you know, I, I think people are just wound up with this idea that um, if, again, I mean, I, just to keep it superficial, you know, if I don't get enough likes, I'm a failure. Well, I'm just a loser. Nobody likes me. Everybody hates me. You know, I, I don't have enough friends. No, you got plenty of friends. You, you really only need a handful of friends. You don't need to have a thousand people following you on whatever thing. You can, you can have real friends that you can go do stuff with. <laughs> it's really right. cool. It's a lot of fun. You go, awesome. you do things with people, <laughs> and you hang out, and you like have conversations, and do all this really neat stuff. But that's a whole. That's a whole rabbit hole we're going down. I think. Oh, that's 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 eighties. That's so eighties. It's so it is. It's so <laughs> so eighties, man. You're hundred percent right. Ghostly talks. <laughs> <laughs> A medium? I want to say he's a, yeah, a medium. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. And a, a medium. And he's also a pastor. Okay. But he, and you know, so when I told him everything that uh, had happened, the first thing that he asked me is like, do you know who that old man with the red trunks was? Uh, skipping stones on the water. And I was like, I don't know. I mean, like, I might have thought because of the red trunks, I might have thought you know, maybe the devil, but I, I didn't feel that. So I, I didn't think the devil at all. He's like, no, that was you. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, that was you. Either whether that's you in another time or you in a time to come. And that was funny because when he had said that, I had thought about it. And the first thing that I wanted to be when I was growing up as a kid was I wanted to be a luchador. I wanted to be a fucking like mil mascaras, uh, yeah. like, a, like one of the Mexican luchadors. Yeah, and and that's what that old man was. So it just really kind of struck me. Yeah, I mean, it just struck me as like, hmm, I wonder if that was me in a past life. 
you know. Or you know what, Ray, it could be you down the road. Or man. me getting older. Or yeah, exactly. Or you know, and that's and I guess that's the kind of thing I you know, the thing that saddens me about this whole situation. Obviously, I'm I'm happy. I know where, I know God. That doesn't you know that that is awesome. Um, and I know that when we pass, I know that we're going back home, and and. And that is awesome too. But I also have this feeling like because of my experience that he's going to be the guy that because of that experience, I'm probably going to be the guy that gets to go home last. The guy that has to share the story several, several times for everybody else. And, and, and to me, I guess I'm okay with it. You know, I'm okay with it, but it's also sad because you think of all the other people that are going to have to go before that. Oh yeah, you know. Well, yeah, and uh, um, and if that's the plan, yeah. Um, and the thing is, too, is you'll never know when that. Oh, the work's done. You, you'll never know that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't, you <laughs> you'll know, never, I'll, yeah, you'll never know that. Whatever capacity it is, uh, you'll never, you'll never know that, man. And that's right. that's not sad. It's kind of frustrating, you know, too. Um, but it's, I think it's, I think it's a reality too. Is this you? You don't, you won't know, man. And that's that's kind of, that's heavy stuff right there too. It's like, should I take that eighth or should I take the quarter? <laughs> <laughs> Always take the ounce. 